16, it says, And when we departed from Horeb, we went through all that great and terrible wilderness, which he saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as the Lord our God commanded us. And we came to uh, Kadesh Barnea. And I said unto you, Ye are come unto the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doth give unto us. Behold, the Lord God, thy God has set the land before thee. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers has said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. I hear several pages turning. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Now verse 22 it says, And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us. And they, and excuse me, and, and they shall search us out the land and bring us word again by what we must go up. And into what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe. And they turned and went up into the mountain, and came unto the valley of Eshcol, and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands, and brought it down unto us. And brought us word again, and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And ye murmured in your, in your, excuse me, in your tents, and said, Because the Lord hated us. He hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. And then I said unto you, Dread not. Neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes, and in the wilderness where thou hast seen how, how that the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doth bear his son, and all the way that ye went, until ye came into this place. Yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God. Turn over to verse number 42. 42. It says, and the Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest ye be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and ye would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and went presumptuously up unto the hill. And the Amorites which dwelt, dwelt in that mountain came out against you, and chased you as bees do, and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. And ye returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. So ye abode in Kadesh many days. According unto the days that ye abode there. Here we see uh, a familiar passage of scripture. Uh, once again, the children of Israel are in the wilderness. And I love how verse number 19 says, it says, And we went through all that great and terrible wilderness. All that great and terrible wilderness. And can, can we all be honest for just a little bit? The wilderness was a terrible place for them. It was a place that was not prepared for them. There was a, there was a land prepared for them. There was a land that they were commanded to go and get and to possess, and they did not do it. And we find them dwelling into the wilderness. And, and so we see these Israelites just 50 miles from their destination. They're stalled out in, in, in this Kadesh Barnea, and uh, um, it's located here at the, lo uh, the lower tip of Canaan. And, and here they, we see where they dwelt there. We read that there in just number 40, 46. So ye abode in Kadesh many days according unto the days that ye abode there. And I want to take this particular passage of Scripture and look at the sojourners of death and defeat. The sojourners of death and defeat. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for everything that you do for us, Lord. I do truly appreciate the opportunity to preach your word. Lord, I do ask that, that you would use me in spite of me. Help me to only say, only say what you would have me to say. Nothing more, nothing less. Lord, I do ask that if there is someone here that is uh, unsaved, that they would, before they leave this, this property, Lord, put their faith and trust in you before it's everlasting too late. Lord, we love you so very much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Here we see this very familiar passage of scripture, and, and I truly believe, as he's been preaching over and over and over again, that the children of Israel are a wonderful picture of us as Christians today. And I, there are so many Christians that we see today that follow this very same course of life, that, that they have been brought out of their sin, they, ha, they have been, been, been released from the, the captivity of sin, uh, as is pictured by Egypt, and, and God has promised them a better life. God has promised them a victorious life, and yet we find them sojourning in the wilderness, that land of defeat, that land of death, and, and, and they can't get past it. Uh, so many, and, and, and I, I praise the Lord for those even today that receive Christ into their heart as their personal Savior, and I'm so thankful for that. But, but so many Christians themselves, and, including myself at different times, we just simply refuse to grow spiritually, and we end up being content to live in the wilderness for the very rest of our lives. And we think, well, that's just a good thing, Brother Nate. I'm just being content where I'm at. Well, I wouldn't call this the contentment of the good, time, the good kind. I would call this complacency to not go get what God has promised you. There is a promise that God has given to us. And it is a better land. It is a better life. It is that life that isn't full of death and defeat. It's that life of victory. But the children of Israel said, no, we will have none of that. We will have none of that. Even as we see him pass along, and, and, and I'm jumping way ahead here, and, and we see him pass along, and the next generation of them come out, and, and even right before they go in, into the land, we see the children of, of Reuben and Gad, and, and, and they almost asked, they said, don't, don't let us cross Jordan. Don't give us that victory. We'd rather stay right here. We'd rather stay in defeat. We'd rather stay in discouragement. We'd rather stay right here where death is seems silly to me but as we look around into this world we know that several christians say here tonight i am preaching to christians that are content to live in the wilderness i tell you it's the most miserable place miserable place you can be it's the most miserable place you can be. And once you realize that you can have that life of victory, once you realize that you don't have to live in the wilderness anymore, and you see the difference, and you get a little bit of taste of the milk and honey of the victorious life that God has already promised, you get a little bit of taste of, uh, of getting victory over a certain sin, you get a little bit of taste of getting victory in your marriage, getting victory with your children, and getting victory simply in your home. And you say, I, I, I don't want to lose that. Just get a little bit of taste. But, but here, I believe, from the children of Israel, we can look at four type of people that were sojourners of death and defeat. I'm using that word sojourners because it, it was, it's to imply a temporary resident. You know, that's what the children of Israel were supposed to be. A very temporary resident in the wilderness. Just temporary. It wasn't a long trip for them. God never prepared the wilderness for them. He had prepared a better land. But there's four people that gave in to the wilderness that, that I see, and I just want to help us tonight. It's probably more of a Bible study, and I don't, don't plan on preaching hard, okay? And I said that this morning, too, in Sunday school, and my Sunday school class called me liars. So I'll try my best, all right? The first person that we see, verse number 28, says, Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our heart. The first sojourner of death and defeat that I think we see here is the discouraged. Is the discouraged. Look at what your Bible says there. Our brethren have discouraged our heart. You know what it doesn't say there? Our enemy. 
It doesn't say our enemy has discouraged our heart. It says our brethren have discouraged our heart. And, and they're discouraged by those around them. Isn't that such a sad statement? Isn't that such, I, I've been, I was teaching this morning about encouraging our kids and how I, I truly believe that that is important. And, and yes, along with discipline and instruction and understanding and all, and all those things. But they were simply discouraged by their brothers. They were discouraged by the very people that should have been encouraging them to go and get that land. And they wouldn't do it. You know, that's exactly what discouraged people try to do. Discouragement is a disease. It's a disease. I think it's even more viral than the virus itself. The one that's going around right now. It's a disease. Such as, as they, they weren't discouraged by their enemy. It was by, by, by the very people who should have been encouraging to them. The people who should be our greatest ally. That here had, had become their source for great discouragement. Listen, I, I, I know that life gets difficult, and I know the wilderness is hot and stinky and smelly and, and, and sinful and all those particular things, but it's not a good excuse to be discouraged. It's not a good excuse to dwell in discouragement. I, I, I truly believe that some people just love to be discouraged. Because when they, when they get discouraged, they know that that pastor's going to come over to them. And he should have put their hand on their back and say, can, can I help you? And I'm going to get a little bit of attention from the pastor. And I'm going to get a little bit of attention from the assistant pastor. And I'm going to get a little bit of attention from all the different people in our church. And they're going to come over to me. And they're going to pat me on the back and say, is everything okay, son? Is everything okay, uh, uh, young lady? Is everything okay? Is there any way I can help you? Which you should do. But there are some people that absolutely just love the attention of discouragement. And they never get out of it. Simply because they're unwilling. They're unwilling. And that's exactly what these, what, what these particular people here and, and the discouraged from the children of Israel, these sojourners of death and discouragement and defeat, they were simply content with being discouraged. Can I tell you, I am glad that I am not content with being discouraged. If, if, if you are discouraged, can I, can I, can I put the, the, the no sign, get away from me. Okay, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want the discouragement. I'm pretty quick. I'm going to run. And, and <laughs> I, I mean, don't try to discourage me. I don't want to live in the wilderness. I, I, I don't want to be discouraged for the rest of my life. And, and, and I know at times when I have been discouraged. And, and, and Lord knows that there have been times where I have certainly been discouraged. And, and it's just been an unwilling spirit of mine to have the victory that God has already promised me. And I look around and I say, you know what? I, I do enjoy it when pastor comes and say, hey, what's going on? Or, or one of you say, hey, Brother Nate, uh, is everything okay? And there is a part of me that says, hey, I, I, I do love the attention just like anybody else. But more than that, I love not being discouraged. I love constantly not living in discouragement. I don't want to be the source of young people being discouraged because of me. I truly believe that we lose a lot of our young people. Just forgive me for saying it or don't forgive me. I'm not sorry. Simply because we're constantly discouraged. We're constantly discouraged. And because discouragement is contagious. Hey look mom and dad if you're discouraged in your home you better believe your kids are. just true we have to choose I mean they're so close they're so close to being out of the wilderness 
But instead of being encouraged to have the victory, they said, no, our brethren continue to discourage us. Don't listen to any to discouragement. Anyone tr- who tries to make God's work a negative is a discourager. They're a discourager. We all know, we all know that there are some people who are just very simply negative about everything. You're never gonna win with them. They never have an encouraging word for anyone. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And be honest, Brother John, I just don't like being around discouraging people. I, I, listen, I love, I love my family. I do, I do. I love my family. And, and uh, many of you know I love sports, and uh, me and my brothers and my dad share several favorite sports teams. And uh, as mentioned before, I'm a Dolphin fan. I have no clue what actual Sun- Super Bowl Sunday feels like. I've, I haven't been alive for one for the Dolphins, okay? And, and, uh, um, and, and Cincinnati Reds baseball fan. And, and can I tell you, uh, and, and I, know that, I know they're going to watch, that, that during a Dolphin game or during a Reds baseball game and they play 160-something of them, 62 of them, I hate even looking at my phone. Because I, I, I'm not that fan, I'm just not that fan. I, I'm telling you, I, yes, I will, I will yell and complain. And, and, but I've told you before, if my team is down four touchdowns with 48 seconds in my mind, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to win. I don't want to be discouraged. I try to stay away from it. Many times discouragement simply comes from just not believing. Simple unbelief. It's easy to get discouraged. When when God doesn't do just what we want him to do, we get discouraged. Did you hear what I said? That when God doesn't do just what we want him to do, we get discouraged. How prideful. Well, God, you didn't do that. Therefore, I'm discouraged. Well, God, I didn't choose that for me, but you did. And therefore, I'm discouraged by it. Well, God, you chose this part of Canaan for us. Why didn't you choose this part? We'd already been there. How prideful. How humanistic to to tell God when we are happy. Instead of simply being happy in his will. Don't let discouragement keep you in the wilderness. Don't let discouragement... uh, 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 keep you from having victory look it's easy to get discouraged let's all be honest it's easy things come up health difficulties had some today in our church financial difficulties that's all throughout our community and world right now but yet Jesus said Matthew 28 18 all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth Jesus has the power over all of our problems. Every single one of us. I know that's just cliche. Maybe that's what you get when you get two hours to study, I guess. I'm not complaining, by the way. Discouragement. Discouragement. Discouragement comes when we trust ourselves instead of God. Discouragement's bound to happen. You want to be a sojourner of death and defeat. Be discouraged. That's exactly where it's going to lead. Death and defeat. 
Victory never came from discouragement. It doesn't. It's not possible. Second people. Verse number 28 again. It says, Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. Number two, not only the discouraged people live there, not only the discouraged people are sojourners of death and defeat. Second one is the deceived. The deceived. Here we see where they come back, and, and many of us know the story. The people is greater and taller than we are. Than we. See, they had been deceived. They forgot who the we included. Now, if the we is only me, yes, that, that's, the, that's the case. But they forgot that it, that included God. And that God was greater than those that, that, that were inhabitants of the land that God had promised. But they had been deceived. They allowed themselves to be deceived. If you are living in the wilderness, the devil will certainly come to deceive you and attempt to keep you there. That's exactly where he wants you. God doesn't want you in that wilderness. God wants you in the promised land. But the devil is going to work overtime once he sees that you're there to keep you there. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to look at it and say, we, there's no way we can have victory over that. There's no way we can get around that. There's no way. There, there, it's so much bigger. It's no, so much stronger. There's just no way we can have victory. He's the master of deceit. He's been doing it since the beginning of time. He's been changing the picture as God paints it for us. And, and, and as God shares it for us in his word of victory. God, the devil comes through and he misconstrues the word. And, and, and he looks at it and he misconstrues our situation. And, and what God says that we can have victory over. The devil looks at it and says, are you sure? Are you sure? Just like those children of Gad and Reuben. Reuben they said, just allow us to sit here. Just allow us to stay here. It's, it, it's just being deceived. Don't be a sojourner of death and defeat and be deceived. He will, the devil will make things look different than they actually are. It'd be like having Brother Heath come and Brother Heath is tall and Brother Heath is taller than me. And, and me and Brother John to stand here and God to promise us the piano. And yet we look at Brother Heath and say, but he is taller than we and he is stronger than we. But you know what, Brother John? I think if you got on my shoulders, we would be taller than Brother John or than Brother Heath. And we could take him that way, I think. And, and so, or at least maybe take him with our quickness or something. I don't know. He never gets on the basketball court with both of us. I think he's afraid. All right? And uh, I'm just picking. And, uh, and so, but, but that's what he does. That's what the devil does. He makes things look different. He makes things look impossible. He blurs our vision to what the actual truth is. He makes you look around. That's why the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. He makes us look around, and, 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 and he just wants to live us, for us to live a life of trembling and fear. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But God has painted a clear picture of where we're supposed to be. God, God gave the children of Israel a clear picture of where they were supposed to be. But the devil made it look different. The devil makes sin look good. The devil makes sin look like pleasure. He will cause you to believe that. It's always a lie. It's always a lie. 
the people were made to believe that, <laughs> that they would not have a fighting chance against the, na- the natives of the land of Canaan. That's what the devil made them believe. He said, you can't do that there. I think you preached about it this morning. You know what your now is. You know what it is. I know what mine is. If you're listening to the preaching, you're going to get it pretty quick. What was it? Three weeks ago? The hesitation sermon? That's not a book of the Bible, by the way. You know what it is. What's keeping you from doing it? Except being deceived by the devil that you can't. That's a sojourner of death and defeat. Never have victory. You will never have victory until you get a clear picture from God. And by the way, he's already given you that one. You can. You can have that victory. You can go and do whatever it is that the Lord would have you to do. You know, the devil will try to make, <laughs> make you believe the silliest things. I put my head down and rub my forehead because I'm thinking of all the stupid things the devil has made me believe in my life. Can I tell you, not a one of them were true. Not a one of them were even close to the truth. And the only person that came out looking like a fool was me. The devil's going to deceive. He's going to deceive to keep you in the wilderness. He will fill your mind with all kinds of junk. I don't know about you, but I think the most convicting verse in Scripture for me is that that we can bring all of our thoughts into captivity. And there's a part of me that goes, how? How? And then there's the spirit that's within me that says, like this. And then there's the flesh that says, well. Because <laughs> it's difficult. But the devil's the one that deceives you to continue to keep you discouraged. So that you never even look towards the promised land. I believe that's what the devil wanted. Don't even look no more. Don't even look. Don't even look at victory. You say, but that that, that doesn't happen to me. Oh, yeah? Well, it happened to a lot of other people before you. Happened to David. Happened to Peter. Happened to Abraham and Moses and so forth and so on. If it happened to them, it can certainly happen to you. The deceived. Next, verse number 32, it says, oh, I'm going quick. Yet in this thing, ye did not believe the Lord your God. Not only the discouraged are sojourners there, not only are the deceived, but also the doubtful. The doubtful. It says, yet in this thing, ye did not believe the Lord your God. That's really it, right? That's really it. Yet in this thing, you didn't believe. I told you you were supposed to have it. You didn't believe me. He said it this morning. I've said it before. I I, I truly believe that is just like calling God a liar. Gasp. 
I think our life and testimony sometimes calls God a liar. Not that he is, but that we say he is. Because we sit there and we live in the wilderness after he has given us a chance over and over and over again to have victory, and yet we don't have it simply because we're going to be doubtful. And God comes to them and says, yet in this thing you did not believe the Lord your God. Why didn't you believe me? Don't we so often sit in condemnation of the children of Israel? Of how in the world did they not believe? Did they not just have victory over Pharaoh in Egypt? Did they not just see Pharaoh and his army drowned in the Red Sea? Did they not just see the manna from heaven? Did they not just see these things? Well, did not God save your soul? By the way, that's a greater victory than any of those other things. You have salvation? You have salvation? Raise your hand, you have salvation? Okay, good. If you're saved, we don't have the right to be doubtful. We don't have the right. He is the Lord your God. Doubt or unbelief stops the progress of God's work in your life. This generation was denied entry into Canaan simply because they're unbelief. Simply because they did not believe. I don't know exactly what you may be going through right now, but you cannot let the hard times let you doubt and turn your back on God. You cannot let these hard times cause you to have unbelief. Think about that. The only reason they didn't have it, the only reason that they wandered around for 38 more years, not even 38 years old, the only reason, unbelief, unbelief. I'm pretty simple-minded, forgive me. I wonder what Central could, what we could do for Hattiesburg if we got rid of the unbelief. I wonder what our homes could be if we got rid of the unbelief. I wonder what our situation in our marriage could be if we got rid of the unbelief. I hate to stand before the Lord when my time is up. Realize I missed a lot of things simply because of my unbelief. Pretty simple. They didn't believe. They didn't believe. Churches that truly are filled with, with Christians today who desire the blessings of God upon them but don't believe he will do it. Raise your hand just a minute ago that you're saved. I truly believe if I ask the same question, do you desire the blessings of God on your family, on your life, on your home? Does, the, does God not promise those things? Unbelief. Unbelief. Doubt was, the, doubt was the first trick that Satan used in mankind to, to Eve. 
we shall not surely die. Doubt. Doubt has been the cause of most defeat ever since tonight's football game. Ever see and and I'll, you know, game-winning field goal. And right before they go to kick that game-winning field goal, what does the coach always do, the opposing coach always do? Timeout. Timeout, timeout. Or they do the fake timeout, like, hey, I'm going to get you, kicker. I'll get in your mind. You're not a real football player anyways. And, uh, and so there's no kickers in here, is there? Okay, good. And, and, uh, uh, and, and so they call timeout. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get that kicker to doubt that he's going to make it. In basketball, maybe at the end of a game, a free throw shooter, the opposing coach will call a timeout. Try to get that free throw shooter to doubt. And their coach is saying, you will make this shot. You will make this shot. You will make this shot or you will run a thousand suicides at practice on Monday. All right? And, and, uh, but you will. That's what the devil does. He tries to cause doubt. A person that doubts will never see the positive. Doubt is the opposite of faith. And listen to me. Therefore, it displeases God. I'm, I'm preaching at myself. I, I just want you to know that I'm preaching with the mirror that he was talking about this morning. Doubt is the opposite of faith. Therefore, it displeases God. Lastly, Brother John, I'm trying to get done by six. I, I know you, you had money on it tonight. You wagered. I, we learned this morning that we could wager. I'm very excited about that. All right. Verse number four, <laughs> uh, we see in verse number 42 through 46, at the end it says, And the Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight. For I am not among you. What a scary thought. What a scary thought. For I am not among you. Lest ye be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and ye would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and went presumptuously up into the hill. How oftentimes do we do that? And the Amorites which dwelt in the mountain came out against you and chased you as bees do, and destroyed you in Sarah, even unto Hormah. And he returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. Lastly, the fourth person that sojourns, that is a sojourner of death and defeat, is the disobedient. Is the disobedient. See the discourager, the deceived, the doubtful. Lastly, the disobedient. The Lord told them not to go up and fight against the Amorites. But they went on their own behalf and were defeated. So I spake unto you, you would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord. You know what this does? This type of defeat, it breeds more defeat. Because defeat comes. And you went and you went and tried to do something without God. Against God. Not just without God, but against what he told you to do. And then you look around and you say, I, I, I don't know why I don't have victory in my life. And God says, well, you're living strictly against what I say how to live. And, I, and when I live in this realm of, of obedience, I'm sure to have victory. But when I live in the realm of disobedience, and, and God says, I can't be there. I'm not going to be with you there. And then you go and you get defeated. Of course you do. 
Nobody in this room is strong enough to go and live in sin, to go and live a life of sin and come out, out victorious in that regard. You're going to be defeated. Disobedience to God always leads to defeat. Every time. We teach our children that. But yet when we get to adults, I guess we get dumber. I meant that. And then we go and do the exact same thing that we tell our kids not to do. But we do it to God. Who's a greater parent than we are? How dumb. It's crazy. But we do that. The disobedient. Disobedience brings destruction. Romans 5.19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. The reason for most Christians falling by the wayside and staying in the wilderness in their daily living is because of disobedience to the commandment of God. That's what disobedience brings. Sin brings forth destruction. Sin brings forth death. Sin brings forth defeat. So it only makes sense that in these sojourners of death and defeat, the disobedient would be there. I tell you, I want every person in our church, including me, <laughs> to not live in the wilderness. I know some of you are there right now. I know it when I'm there. The only way you get out of it isn't by discouragement. It's not by being deceived. It's not by being doubtful. And it's certainly not by bis being disobedient. Diso disobedience will always halt God's work in your life. We can look at Achan's disobedience intent and we won't for sake of time. We can look at the Israel's when, when, with the Ark of the Covenant. We won't do that for sake of time. But your disobedience to God's command will always halt the work in your life. I truly believe, Sunday night crowd, I believe you want it. I believe most of you do. And I know it's not some great sermon tonight. Apologies. But can I tell you? You don't have to wander around the wilderness. You don't have to do it. I think some people take pleasure in the fact that that's their testimony, Pastor. I, I'm just out here in the wilderness. And you think that's good? It's not. That's not where God wants you. Well, I'm just out here in the wilderness in my home, and you think that's good? That's not where God wants you. Who is it in your home that is the discouraged, the deceived, the doubtful, the disobedient? A sojourner, they weren't supposed to be there long just wasn't supposed to happen that wasn't the plan but they stayed there 
and they stayed discouraged. And they stayed deceived. They stayed disobedient. Doubtful. Those never bring anything good. You don't have to be deceived. You don't have to be be doubtful. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be disobedient. You don't have to be a sojourner of death and discouragement. You can have victory. You absolutely can. Every head bowed, every eye closed.